Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Acts chapter 8 and verse 2. Verse 2. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Uh, From... From that particular text, I would like to preach to you tonight on this thought. They carried, they buried, they wept. They carried, they buried, they wept. Would you lift your voices and would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, you've met with us already in this house. If you did no other thing for us, you've already done more than we deserve. Your goodness beyond what we could really comprehend with our finite minds your splendor so grand so great we pray that you would continue to move in this service help me to preach with wisdom and with clarity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ turn to someone near you and tell them they carried find somebody else and tell them they buried Find a third person, tell them they wept. They carried, they buried, they wept. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. At the risk of stirring motions, mentally trudging up things that might be sorrowful to you, I I weighed in carefully for the intro of this particular message because it is at the very beginning where I would ask you to recollect some of the funerals you have attended. For some of us, it has been funerals where we have endured the hardest moments of our life, where we have, in fact, laid to rest, returning the dust back to the dust, even at a gravesite. We have gathered with family and friends, some large, some small. For some of you, it has been at funerals where you watched those who were away from God turn back to God. Because at times, even since this New Testament church, at times it seems that only blood can be the lubricant for revival. For a person who has walked away to turn their heart. That turning is typically the response to a fresh revelation of eternity. For it is appointed unto every man. Death will come lest we be saved by rapture. Most of us will taste the grave at some point. But... We do not fear as others fear. 
in terms of the grave. We, we do not worry as others worry. If it were not for the blood of Jesus Christ, then death would in fact have a sting. We would lament as others lament, but we have this hope. <laughs> we have this hope. In fact, we are so commissioned by the timeless truth of God's Word that we are to comfort one another with these words. And the, one of the greatest penned verses in, in accordance with the topic of death says, Oh! Death. Where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? If I thought that this was all, then I would be more upset. But when I consider, uh, when I consider that this body is just the holding pattern for my soul, and if I truly get a glimpse of the full truth of Scripture and the powerful proclamation of the promise that was made, for Jesus said, I go to prepare a place. Come on, a place for you. That where I am, there ye may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. And so we believe, and I'm telling you, we only believe because they believed. We only believe because they believed. Some of you know you would not be here minus your mama. Some of you grew up with a drug problem. She drug you to Wednesday night. She drug you Sunday morning. She drug you. And others of you grew up with a drug addiction. Some of us weren't addicted to the dragging of our parents, but some of us were addicted to things in the world. But riddled across this house are men and women of multiple diversities, multiple ethnicities, and multiple backgrounds based on what... But we have this one common thing in mind tonight. We must make heaven. You ought to just elbow your neighbor and say, if you don't say amen to that, you're missing the point. We must make heaven. That's our goal. That's our intention, to be saved. Stephen did not miraculously show up on the scene, but Stephen was put there on purpose. Stephen was a powerful preacher who was preaching in the face of persecution. I began to mention it a little bit this morning about Saul. I told you we may visit it here again tonight, and here we are. Stephen is preaching. I, I, I've got to tell you that some of the greatest preaching that's ever done is in the face of opposition. Some of the greatest preaching that is ever done gets very few amens. If all we preach to are saved people. If all we preach to are people that already know. 
If all we, yes, now the body needs to come together and the body needs to be edified and needs to strengthen one another and we need to feast together on his word. But I'm telling you this, I believe that if everybody in the church looked saved, they're probably not. We need people that can come in amongst the crowd like there are even here this morning and here again tonight and will be Wednesday night. And when they walk in, they ought to see the reflection of our experience that we know that were it not for Jesus, if it was not for somebody who preached to me. Aren't you glad that somebody preached in the face of opposition into your life? There are men and women all over this room that at some point somebody preached to you when you didn't want to hear it, when your flesh didn't want to receive it, when your attitude didn't want to have it, but they just kept preaching. I can't imagine how many times Brother Mooney got up in this pulpit and just preached the doctrine in the face of every demonic force. And I'm here again tonight in 2020. 21 saying I know there is opposition I know that there are Pharisees and Sadducees I know that there are government leaders and out of our armor of God I know there are principalities but I also know there is a God who is above all and I believe that he is through all And I get to look around this room and say, we shouldn't be here, but he's in you all. He's in you all. He's in you all. And if you want God, you can have him. Clap your hands if you're thankful for that. (coughs) But Stephen does not just show up. Stephen is the result of those who would carry the gospel forward. I am so mesmerized with John. I am so mesmerized with his story as a forerunner. And in John the third chapter, I would ask you to turn there with me for just a moment. John chapter 3. I want us to read together verses 26 through verse 31. John chapter 3, verse 26 through 31. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, it's what they would call Jesus, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said unto them, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness. You heard me when I said, I am not the Christ. Everybody in the room, I want you to say that with me. I am not the Christ. Say it again. I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But Oh, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This 
My joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase and I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all and that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. John, they're following him. They need to follow him because if Stephen is going to preach one day, he cannot die on my behalf. He cannot preach to the multitudes for me, but he is going to need to preach about one that was greater than Moses. Ah, he is going to need to preach about one that was greater than all the disciples. He is going to need to preach about one that even the eternal text would record. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Stephen, when you take a stand, know who you're taking a stand for. Stephen! when you take your position in front of those who are going to be ready to pick up stones in front of you. Stephen, you better have your mind made up what you're doing this for. Ladies and gentlemen, if we have ever need, I preached it this morning, but I'm going to preach it right now. If we have ever needed to get sure footing, it's now. But on the PM service, I've come to tell you why we've got to have sure footing. Because there is fresh persecution that is coming against the church and we're going to have to be bold as a lie I know some might not want to hear it but we're going to have to be as bold as a lion and whether they like it or not Jesus is king and whether I'm hated for his namesake or not Jesus is the Messiah It is in him. It is in him. It is Jesus that we sing. It is Jesus that we preach. And it is Jesus that we teach. Stephen, you better calm down. Not everybody likes your message. Stephen, you better quit preaching that. They're getting riled up. Stephen, the high priest has begun to make accusation against you. The Bible says that they pulled together and they got false witness against him. Go, go to Acts 6. Let's look at it together. I know it's there. Acts, Acts 6. Go to verse uh, 8. Go to verse 8. Acts 6 and 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, ye shall have power. After that, the Holy Ghost. If you're here tonight and you have faith but have not received baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've, you are limited. You may have one, but you've got to have both parts of this equation. You've got to not only have faith, but that faith will lead you to a place where you will repent of your sins and He will fill you with His Spirit. And Maybe I could get a witness in a room that would help me with this truth that there is no power like the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about power to go bench press at the gym. I'm not talking about power to be able to lift up the car. I'm talking about power to tread on serpents and scorpions. It might, my, 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 it might bruise your heel, but you're going to crush the head of the enemy. Power, power. 
Stephen, full of faith and, and power. Everybody say faith and power. Full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Man, I feel bold tonight. Brother Gallion, this is what I want. I tell you what, this is what I want for you. This is what I want for you. Brother Watkins, this is what I want for you. This is what I want. For, Brother Mascot up here preaching. This is what I want for you. Pastor Lopez, this is what I want for you. I want it to be obvious that everywhere you go, everywhere you speak, every crowd you interact with, I want there to be miracles and wonders. I want that to happen because they're supposed to follow us. They are supposed to follow us. When we lay hands on the sick, we ought to believe that they are going to recover. We believe that miracles and wonders will be done. I'm talking about cancer reports turning into doctor's reports of miraculous recovery. I want them tied to your ministry. I want them tied to your ministry. I want them tied. My God, my God. But I've got news for you. It's not just for the licensed preachers in the room. It's for anybody that will get full of faith and power. Faith and power. Pastor, I'm not a licensed minister. I'm not a preacher of the gospel. I beg to differ. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you've got the power. You can have faith without the Holy Ghost, but you can't have the Holy Ghost without faith. You can have faith without the Holy Ghost, but you cannot have the Holy Ghost without faith. But if you can get full of faith and the power of God, there can be miracles that are accomplished. There can be wonders that are done. I'm just going to preach to some of the people that aren't even here yet. I'm going to preach to people that aren't in that section that the Lord is going to send us here. I'm going to tell them already you wouldn't have been here if it hadn't been in the fall of 2021 when somebody got bold in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to jump forward and preach in the future right now. You wouldn't be here, but somebody made up their... Me preach to somebody on this side. I'm talking about when the church is so full that we've got to have multiple services to get everybody in. You might not believe in that, but I believe it with every fiber. I believe it with everything I've taught. Let's keep reading. And there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians. Man, they sound important. And of them, of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. Disputing. The worst part about believing is the necessity of defense. That's why we have apologetics. For those of you that think apologetics is apologizing, it's not it. I'm not making fun of you. I'm explaining to you. It's the ability for you to defend your faith. We need to be able to defend. Do not shout about what you are unwilling to defend. Please. That's why I do my very best not to preach sermonettes. I think sermonettes build Christianettes. <laughs> I think we ought to be ready. 
I think we ought to be ready. I think we ought to be ready to defend. And when you don't know the answer, don't be afraid to say, I'm not sure, but I'm going to get back to you. Let's meet next Tuesday, 7 o'clock. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to get back to you. And they're liable to dispute with you. Stephen was there. He was in the middle of this defense, and they were disputing him. But look at the very next verse, if you will. The very next verse. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. What spirit? Is that talking about the Holy Spirit? Small s, not big s. The Spirit. He was passionate and wise. Now we all know there's a lot that are just passionate. There is, there is some wisdom that you can obtain through study. There is other wisdom that can only come from God. It'll give you the right word in the right season, the right time, and we need it from God. They could not, they could not resist. Ooh. Ooh, wouldn't you like to have that? Pastor, I was talking, they couldn't resist. They could not resist the spirit and the wisdom then they suborned men which said, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses. And, 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 and not just Moses, he was talking about God. He was. And they stirred up the people. They stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses. False witnesses which said, this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. We have heard him say, this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered unto us. And all that sat in the council looked steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. How do you look when people have false witness against you? I've been accused of some facial expressions. The face of an angel has never. <laughs> they were not flattering him with their words. I'm going to tell you what they were. They were intended that he, they were intimidated that he had intended to mess up their earthly kingdom. They called truth blasphemous. And they spiraled it and turned it in such a way that they literally bear false witness against him. Now some of you in this room, you've been lied on. You've had people actually bear false witness against you. Said you did something that you knew you did not do. How do you keep silent in the moment? Like you know you didn't say it. You did say it. I heard you say it. You know you didn't do it. I know you do it. You were there. They weren't saying he cheated on his Weight Watchers program. They 
weren't saying that, that Stephen had broke some simple law of the Sabbath. Ladies and gentlemen, they said, this man has blasphemed against Moses and God. And they have set up false witnesses against him. And there is a judgment placed upon this man. He is going to die. My question is, where is God? Be honest. It'd be your question too if Stephen was your brother. It'd be your question. Because... But again, while I said I want that miracles and wonders, the truth is I fear, whether we want to hear this or not, I fear we're headed back for days like this right here. Most of us have never felt the real touch of persecution, but I fear we're headed back for days like this. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to be real honest with you right now. If it was my brother, if Stephen was my brother, or it was Pastor Gallion in the middle of that situation, I'd be saying, God, where are you? That's your man. But Stephen was so firmly fastened on the truth that he believed. He was so completely given to the understanding that this was his mission because it was the message he was... He was so given to the message that whether God save him or not, that whether God deliver him or not, that there was an eternal hope. That there was an eternal hope. But let's face the facts, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the way we would have drawn the story. Some of you are like, well, I don't know. It's really good. Put yourself in Stephen's place. How good does it read? Reads real good. Well, everybody would have known my name. You don't know. You wouldn't know about it till heaven. That's, a, that's one of the biggest problems with our world today. We are living for the world's credit. We are. We are infatuated with the fascination of people liking our stuff socially. We've, we, God deliver us from hoping people we do not even have a relationship like what we post. Stephen, why would you do this? Because it's right. But in the middle of, in the middle of it all, they were having powerful church in Jerusalem. The persecutions of the Christians had been so hyped up. And I'm going to tell you why the persecution had grown. Because the church had grown. Some 80,000 plus believers, some, some estimate, are in the church. I take 80,000 in Indy. I'll tell you right now. But I'm going to tell you already. If you don't think that they know who we are, you're wrong. If you don't think that the enemy of darkness knows who we are and the... And, and I'm going to tell you something else. There's people, there's people in high places of leadership that know who we are, that are extremely against what the church is doing. But we must be like Stephen. This is not about our kingdom. This is not about our popularity. This is not about whether or not we're liked. This is not about whether or not we get their applause. This is about the kingdom of God. And Stephen took a stand until he could not stand anymore. He died. He was viciously murdered. Was he or not? He died. 
laying in a pile of rocks. As men with sinful smirks walk away, here's what the Lord has troubled me with. Would you have had the guts to go pick his dead body up? Had to ask the Lord, what? help me, help me understand this. They've just stoned him for his belief. They've built false witness against him. You know that Saul is about to take a letter and begin a journey. There is absolute accusation and annihilation of the Christians taking place. There is blood in their nostrils. They are seeking for believers. Would you have had the guts to go pick up his lifeless body? Everybody wants good church. Everybody wants good church. But would we be willing? Would I be willing to be a part of the few that hung around, even though that some of those stones might find my name when they see me, even though that my own life may end the same way if they watch the way I, I mourn him, but some of them still were determined, even though I've seen him give his last breath for the gospel, his last breath for this truth, even if they see me, I won't let him lay out here and rot. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That? Let, 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 let us play this out. Come here, Sam. Just lay down here on this new carpet. Just lay down. Come here, Brother Lopez. Come here, Brother Galleon. Come here, Brother Barkus. Come on. Come on, Brother Matthews. Where's Brother Matthews at? Come here. Four big old boys. You think you can carry him? Just play dead. Just act like your mom asked you to clean your room. Just... Let's, let's just try to get up under his, his arms. Try to hang lifeless. Get up under his feet. I don't want anybody to hurt themselves. I know some of y'all are. Just... Can I tell you something right here? There's no way to do this and not be identified. I've never, in all the funerals I've attended and all the funerals I've preached, I've never been to one that I didn't identify those that were carrying the coffin. Can you imagine while internal bleeding has begun to creep through his own ears and his nose and his face is busted and Stephen's blood spills out onto the Jerusalem streets. Can you imagine what it must have been if you don't think there was terror attached to carrying that lifeless body? Then maybe you haven't considered the full depth of the text. But somebody had to say, let's hang around. But what if it costs us? Brother Turner, what if it costs us? What if it costs us to go overseas? What if it costs us? What if it costs us prosperity in the world? What if it costs us going in? What, what about our missionaries right now that are so persecuted that they cannot even be publicly known? I'm letting them hold them for a while. Some of y'all are thinking he needs to let them down. That's got to be getting heavy. Dead bodies are heavy, but dead bodies deserve. 
And they just begin to work with him. Now watch this. They begin to work him towards, here we go. We're just going to take him and we're going to work him towards the place where we're going to bury him. In order to carry, listen, if you weren't before, in order to carry the dead man, you got to get in unison with each other. You got to begin to work him to the place. Now listen, let's take him. Let's just call this the the grave where we're going to lay him and we get him over there. We get him off the ground and onto that nice pew. But they did not just, they did not just carry him and bury him. But the Bible says they lamented. They stayed at the grave. Stephen, is it possible? Stephen, why did it happen? God, I can't believe that Stephen is gone. But it would be his blood. His blood, the persecution against Stephen that would make that church, that group, begin to diversify. Oh, yeah. One, one started heading this way and went preaching this direction. And one, one started heading and preaching this direction and another one took off that way and, and another one grabbed his family and said, we're going to have to go. Persecution brought revival. They lamented him. They carried him. They buried him. They associated with him. They wept with him. But their greatest testimony to their love for him was that they continued. That they continued. I said that they continued. My greatest burden in this hour is to make sure that those who have given everything they had for the gospel. I refuse to let Brother uh, brother Stephen, our first martyr, I, I refuse to let your death be in vain. But not just him. What if we just stay in the history of, of, of this own area? I refuse to let, I refuse to let Brother Urshans. Come on, how about some of you, your mothers and your fathers and your grandparents? Somebody just shout a name out of a deceased saint that helped carry the banner here. Lyford. French, Piper. Jackson. I want them to know we're still preaching it. We're still carrying it. They did not die in vain. Because you know what they were doing, don't you? They were carrying it. They were carrying what he carried. Somebody had the guts not only to let Stephen carry, but then to carry him. Who wants a dead body? Who wants a dead body? I'll tell you who does, God. He wants a body that's dead to the flesh. And dead to the things of the world. And dead to the opinions of men. He wants a church that is dead. Who knows that they were dead in their trespasses. But can look back at the price that Stephen paid. And look back at the price that Jack. Jesus can look back at the price that Brother Urshan paid, can look back at the past that some of the, these precious elders and what they paid and said, it is still worth it. I guess that's my question. Does anyone think it's still worth it? Does anyone think it's still worth it? 
really think it's still worth it. Because I set you up. If you do, I'm about to ask you. I'm about to ask you, why haven't you picked up their baton then? Some of you, they were your hero, but you still haven't committed to intercession like they did. You not trying to preach hard. I'm trying to preach encouraging right now. I'm telling you, we didn't lay their body in the ground as a finely fixed testimony of the goodness of God for us to not pick it up and say they carried it and we buried them and we wept over them. But we do not weep as others weep, but we are marching forward with the truth of the gospel. There is intimidation in identifying with Stephen in this moment. There is intimidation, Brother Denny. But it was right. It was right. Please hear me. It was right. It was right. Why are you saying that? It was right. It was right for them to stand. In the face of intimidation. If Stephen could give his life for it. Then am I willing to give my life for it? So I don't know Pastor Carson if I'm ready to give my life. Are you willing to give him an hour in prayer? Are you willing to give the spreading of the gospel a Bible study a month? Young people, are you willing to give God a little? If he calls you to ministry, are you willing? Are you, are, you, are you antsy when Brother Matthews preaches for 30 minutes, but you'll watch a two-hour movie and never think anything about it? Saint of God, do you anticipate the weekly special more than you do service? Brother Fridley, I'm so, I'm so overwhelmed that they walked over and picked up his lifeless body knowing they were being marked. But I'm telling you right now, every day that you pick up a cross, I wish you could see it in the spirit world. I, I wish you could understand they are identifying. They are looking. They are watching. But so is the Lord for the eyes of 